3: Welcome to the summer edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. You'll hear Sports Day every weeknight at 6pm with me, Paul Bonds, and alongside me tonight, Premiership player with the Eagles, Dan Menzel. Welcome back, Menz
2: Bonds, it's uh, great to be here. We're only a couple of weeks away from the AFL season kicking off properly. It's getting exciting. You can feel it in your bones, can't you? Um, There was a magnificent Test
3: match on today in New Zealand, oh. and we'll talk about very, that very shortly. We're texting each other during the last uh, few overs. Um, England playing New Zealand. Amazing. Uh, the test match, Australia versus India, starts tomorrow. Uh, it's Sample Tuesday.
2: It is Sample Tuesday. So we have done every single sample team, standalone team, and we've left the Woodworth-Torrens alphabet order till to last. So yes. Looking forward to getting the new Eagles captain, Joey Siner, on the, on the line.
3: He's always a good chat, Joey. You know, big crow's nuffy
2: too. Um, and the
3: trial games start this weekend. We'll talk uh, Sample W. And, of course, your texts and calls. You can give us a call on 1300 736 736. Or you can text in 0427 154 166 to be part of the show. Okay, time for the hot topic. Thanks to Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea, Thirsty at Char Time? Explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves.
0: Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323
3: and 1629 SENSA. Okay, let's uh, talk about the Test match in New Zealand. New Zealand, after following on, have won the Test match by one run. Incredible.
2: It was an incredible finish, um, but not just the finish. It was an incredible test match. Uh, England, after day one, were completely in control and uh, 300-odd runs on the board, three wickets down. And I asked you whether the test match was done. Uh, And uh, I think we have a little bit of audio that we uh we might play if we can get this up here. Yeah, we we've we got, we got
3: a, this. a couple of little issues at the moment. But we're going to see how we go.
2: Question so, yes. then. They are 3 for 315. It's only 65 overs but it is stumps on day 1. Mm. England's going to win that test match aren't they? Or uh, do you think there could be some other result because they play at such a rapid rate? Too early
3: to tell. Too much time in the game to to make that call. Yep. So we'll just see what happens
2: in the morning of day 2 because the because they, they might lose some lose equipment <laughs> no, as right. well. There you go. So that was on Friday. That was last Friday, Bonds. Well done. <laughs> uh, I asked the question and said the game's pretty much done, isn't it, from a New Zealand perspective. They can't win, and you replied with...
3: No, there was too much time in the game. It was far too early. It was only day one. Let's have a listen to the thrilling finish to this to this great test match. Two needed here for England. Wagner to Jimmy Anderson. He gets a little tickle down leg yes. side, which is the worst way to get out of the batter. Oh. If that beats the keeper, it goes to the boundary. They win the Test match, England.
2: It's an incredible way to finish. And you know what? It was great to see England on the other side of it for one spawns. Uh New Zealand played England in the world cup final a couple of years ago when it was tied and they won on count back on boundaries. Um, so England's been on the right side of this. And I mean, an obvious one is when we played against them over there and Ben Stokes yes. got them home. So it was good to see. Uh, now we talked about our England made 435 for eight declared in the first innings. They bowled New Zealand out for 209. They followed them on. Now this wouldn't happen for a long time. 483 New Zealand made and then England all out for 256. So to get within one run and a fall short like that is an incredible way um, for New Zealand to win the game in front of their home crowd at home. What an atmosphere. Um, it's a match that uh, those players will remember forever.
3: Ben Fokes nearly got the Poms home, their, their keeper. He batted beautifully, he hogged a strike. Uh, as soon as they got eight down, and he um, Leach came in, and then it was only up, it was up to Leach and Anderson to score seven runs, and they got down to two required, and uh, just couldn't get across the line. Do you
2: think you would have been nervous as an Englishman when it was left to uh, Leach and Anderson? I think Leach was zero from twenty-four deliveries at this stage. So when they got folks out, you thought, "Hang on a second, they might be a sniff here." And Potentially a wide was bowled uh, two yes. deliveries before it nearly missed the pitch. It would have made it one run to win and it would have been a tie. It wasn't called, which I'm so glad it wasn't. Um, it's well worth watching that. We talked about the SA Scorpions, a bad way to lose it. Well, this one's a much better watch if you want to watch and see our New Zealand claim victory over the Poms.
3: Yeah, Neil Wagner, exceptional again. The guy bowls high 120s, early 130s, and he was bouncing the poms, and he bounced them to to New Zealand to a victory. He had four for 62, great bowling, Saudi three for 45. Um, One thing you don't see very often is a diamond duck. Mm. And Harry Brook, who's been the star. Or player of the series he was named. Yeah. uh, He... uh, has been an absolute star, got run out without facing a ball.
2: Important win for New Zealand too because it meant that the series, it was just a two-test series, they tied at 1-1. So really important that they were able to get that victory by a run to not lose that series at home to England. So uh, terrific test match. Um, South Africa takes on West Indies. That starts tonight. Australia yes. takes on India tomorrow. So there's some great test cricket going on at the moment around the around the world.
3: Steve Smith puts the captain's hat back on. Your thoughts on Smithy captaining
2: the side? No issue with it whatsoever. I'm happy that he's doing it. I think that um, he's certainly done his time. He was very remorseful and has been ever since. Uh, He's the obvious one to lead as well. I think he's he's a good leader on the ground. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the team goes under his leadership. Travis Head, does he open the batting or does Renshaw open the batting? Or does that... Does that matter? No, I think Travis Head has to open the batting. Matt Renshaw has played three innings while he's been in India and has faced a combined 16 deliveries in those three innings and made a couple of runs. So he is horrendously out of form. I don't see how you can pick him at the top of the order with how he's gone. Travis Head came out and made 30 or 40 um, at the top of the order, put him in, get him to bat the same way. It's a no-brainer for mine. Travis has to play at the top of the order over Matt Renshaw. He's
3: a left-field one. Would they open Pete Hanscom, put Trav back up the order, and Cam Green comes in, obviously?
2: I'd I'd go to that over playing Renshaw, absolutely. Um, But I'm still opening Travis' head. Uh, I think Hanscom's actually looked okay in the middle of the order. So... And he plays spin well as well. I mean, I know that they're, they're not going to – it's not going to be long before Judasia and Ashwin are on. Yes. But you might as well let Travis face some of the pace at the top of the order at the start. That's that's my opinion. Your thoughts?
3: Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think that's, that's the way it's going to be and that's the way it will pan out. And I expect Steve Smith to have a very good test match.
2: Yeah. I do too. Well, Cummins obviously has come back home. Warner has come back home as well. So – there is uh, a few big outs um, for Australia. Um, Stark more than likely comes back in. Well,
3: Stark's, Stark went on uh, and had an interview yesterday with Brett Sunderason, um from SEN Cricket, and he said that he was fit. He would have played, if picked, he would have played last test. So he was available to play. Yes, he's got an injured finger, yep. but he's going to play through that pain. He's been able to bowl with the finger, so that's not an issue Um, so for mine, does Stark come in to replace Cummins or does Boland? That's the question I have for you. So they're the two,
2: two, obviously. Well, I think we've spoke about this in the past, that it helps Nathan Lyon with Mitchell Stark bowling because he roughs up the pitch on that side of the pitch where Lyon's able to spin out of it. And so I think it will really... At the end of the day, it's going to come down to our spinners if we can win this game, and and Nathan Lyon's going to be pivotal to that. So Starks the obvious one for mine. Cam Green the other question mark there. Yeah, look, I, I think you, I think they'll play him even if he's ninety percent. Just adds another dynamic to the yep. team, which we are lacking at the moment. Um, he can score runs and he, he can hold up an end as well, and and uh, and do a job with the ball. So it's important that he is out there, and um, and we have a better showing than what we have in
0: the first two tests.
3: Adam Gilchrist uh, had something to say on what Australia need to work out as far as what their priorities are.
0: I'm not sure a ten-day camp is going to suddenly mean that you you can now play spin bowling in yep. India in yep. those conditions against those bowlers. Uh, Matthew Hayden was extremely successful, but he had repeated visits to India, some of it on his own time, just saying I want to go to Madras or Chennai and and learn to see what it's like and 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 try and find out more about it so it's a it's a really challenging balancing act and i was singing the praises of Creed australia for allowing these guys to play the big bash and it saw the big bash roar back to life uh with a a wonderful finale and and a great tournament but it's very easy to sit here and say they should have gone earlier or whatever it's it's just such a challenge but maybe there's a a big picture discussion about what are the priorities for the next five years until australia are back in india again
3: yeah, and we spoke about Ryan Harris we brought that question up with him. So, do the junior players need to start playing a lot more cricket overseas
2: to get them used to those conditions when they do, are selected
3: in Australia?
2: I mean, it's an interesting discussion that you could phrase that same question to the Indians and to the English. Absolutely, and they they all have the same issues when they come out here. So, it's uh, it's not like it's just us that's struggling. Uh. Look, you could do that, but then do they lack and not get the same um, conditions over here and not improve over here and actually make it to that level where they can play well in Australia? So it's a very interesting discussion, and whether it's academies or something going forward, I'm sure that India is going to look at it in terms of out here and in England as well.
3: We spoke about Dave Warner last week about just some I guess, some audio from him about saying how he's not in a rut, he's not out of form, he made 200 a couple of weeks ago. the pressure. Ago. Um, let's have a listen to what Jared Waitley said on David Warner. From here, I can see him opening the batting in the World Test Championship, but I yeah. can't see him opening the batting in the Ashes. And they're going to have to yeah. have an adult conversation about mm. that. And I'd mm. be disappointed if they weren't... If they I think they should have been having those conversations for 12 months, and I've said this all the way through. I hope that they have been. But once he's had a little breather here, they all need to sit down and plan what to do
2: next. Interesting, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, um I'm with Jared there in terms of the Ashes. I, I just think he is horrendously out of form. Um, you've seen that he's not making runs overseas, so the pressure will be there. Uh, Not just that, David Warner, um, he's 36 now. He's towards the back end of his career. Usman Kwaj is the same. Um, They're clearly looking at who is the next batters to come through and open the innings for Australia. Now, Cam Bancroft and Marcus Harris are both 30 years of age, so they've got six or seven years on those two, and I think that they're the ones who have been hallmarked as to potentially be the next openers. Now, Travis Head's another one that potentially could, and they're looking at Renshaw, but he's struggling at the moment to make runs. But – I agree. I don't see David Warner opening in the ashes. Bonds, your thoughts? Uh, I agree. I, I'm, I'm with Jared. I don't think Warner plays in the
3: ashes. Um, we got a couple of texts in from Mario. Mario, one I can't read. And the other one, uh, Australia in test history have had two ties, one one-run loss, a two-run loss, and a pigeon who had two pairs. <laughs> Mario, you can be part of the show as well. Text in on 0427 154 166. Give us your thoughts. Should Dave Warner play in the Ashes? Coming up on the show, Joe Signor from the Eagles. And next, we'll have a bit of True and False.
1: You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorrento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.
3: Of Sports Day SA on cruise thirteen twenty three and sixteen twenty nine SENSA. Paul Bonza with Dan Menzel and Menz. It's time for some true or false. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorrento. Sports Day SA Hit me with your best shot. Fire away. on cruise thirteen twenty three and
0: sixteen
1: twenty
0: nine SENSA.
3: Now, before we get into true or false, you're going first. But uh, we should remind everyone that David Wildey and Malcolm Blight will be back hosting the Sports Day say across the winter. So, less than a fortnight. Less than a fortnight. It's something like a week and a half. Which is less than a fortnight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right, let's. Get, all right, I'm going to start. You're going to start. Let's just get into it. All right. So, South Australia, if they win just one of the Marsh Cup final or the Sheffield Shield final, that must be seen as a glowing success for this year.
3: That is true. I think they've made the progress. Is there? We yeah. can see. We can see the building blocks. It's working. Agree. All right, uh for you, Todd Marshall will be Port's leading goal kicker in twenty twenty three.
2: That's true. I think that okay. Todd Marshall is the most consistent forward in Port's forward line. Now, if you look at the names, Charlie Dixon, Orazio, Fantasia, uh, a couple of the, if they can stay on the park, they could do anything. But I just think Marshall will bob up and kick your your two goals a game, your three goals a game, and he'll kick your forty-five goals for the year, which is um which is really important because he's probably still seen as that third tour forward at times. And so I think that's true. Okay, let's stay with footy and let's stay on the goals as well. Bonds Darcy Fogarty will kick fifty or more goals in 2023. Oh, fifty! Um,
3: I'm gonna I'm gonna back him in. I'll go true. Wow, 50 is a lot. Yeah, I know it's a lot, but uh, I'm I just think he's going to start the season really well. Uh, I think he'll stay fit, and he will be the focal point And Tex will take some pressure off him. So, and he kicks straight. Like he, that's the good thing about him.
2: Yeah, if they can, if he can kick fifty, and then they have Thorpe up there as well, with Tex, With Rankin, um, with there's uh, a, nice, a good season. It's a nice forward line. All right. Um,
3: should the AFL get rid of practice games and just go bang straight into the season? Uh,
2: that's false. They shouldn't. Uh, I know that not everyone loves practice games and. Uh, unfortunately there's injuries in practice games and everything else, but it's important for players. It's important for teams to know where they're at, um, to make sure that bodies are conditioned for round one. I think what would happen if you took away practice games is we get to round one and you'd see more ACLs, more injuries, unfortunately, that would happen in round one because the bodies aren't used to that intensity and that conditioning. And that's probably what's undervalued or underrated. Um, bonds, true or false? The Australia versus India third test starting tomorrow will go to day four. Now, the first two tests have gone to day three and finished in session two of day three. Will tomorrow's go to day four? Yes, it will. Oh, I have faith. You've got confidence in going to be a bounce back,
3: and I reckon it's on the back of Steve Smith. So I think Australia will bat longer than what they have in, in the first two tests, so therefore we'll creep into day four. I'm not sure it's going into day five, <laughs> but, uh, yes, so true, uh, um, true. Um, True or false was that? That's true. That's, That's true, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, for you, um, true or false, the PGA Tour will develop a live golf-style tournament within 12 months to try and kill off its rival?
2: They would love to do that, but that is false. The reason being is they just don't have the money that the live golf tour has. Um, if they can go and scrounge up $100 million and offer it to each player and say we'll have a similar sort of thing, they would 100% um, jump at that opportunity. But – The money that these players are getting to play in this tournament, um, you can understand why you wouldn't hold a grudge against any of these players. It's incredible. And not just your Cam Smiths, your Dustin Johnsons, your best players in the world, but there's other guys that are around 50 to 100 in the world that are in this tournament that are getting 50 times the amount of money they'd be getting if they weren't in it. So I'd like to see it. I don't see it happening. Your thoughts?
3: Uh, I agree. Yeah, I just threw it out there.
2: I've got a bonus one for you, Bonds. Um, Now, if he continues on his ways, I'm not sure. We might have to get Sammy to track this down if this does happen. But Ravindra Jadeja has won Man of the Match in the first and second tests. Yes. Will he win Man of the Match in the third test? That would be incredible if he's to get a clean sweep of the series effectively and go three and four. Will he get it in the third test?
3: Um I will say no, just because I think the numbers, like the against of doing him. That.
2: Yep. Yeah, he has taken. He took. It s- will be amazing if he does. Oh, incredible! He took seven wickets in the first test and also made a seventy in their one innings. And then in the second test, he made twenty six in their innings and took a for in the second innings to go for another ten wickets in the test. So he is um, he's not unplayable, but he's not far off it for Australia at the moment. Uh, I'm not sure any players ever clean swept a series and gone all four test matches. I don't think so either. It's rather oh. incredible what he's doing. Maybe the Don back in his day. Yeah. He might have. Steve Smith would have come close. Yeah, would have come close, in definitely. a couple of series. Um, yeah. But uh, we might have to get Sammy onto that and see if he can track that down for if he does do it in the third test and we're looking at it or staring it down in the fourth test.
3: And to guarantee a place in the World Test Championship, Australia have to draw one of these final two tests. Mm. They still might make it if they don't. Yep depending on other results, but if they draw in one of these two, then they're definitely in the World Test Championship at Lords. Play for the draw. <laughs> Get it to day five. Coming up on the show, we're going to speak to the captain of the Eagles, Joe Sainor. It's Sample Tuesday. We'll have a look at the trial games coming up and also Sample W all happening this weekend. a really big show, Sample Tuesday. We love it and you can be part of the show as well. This is the summer edition of Sports Day SA.
1: You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Of Sports Day
3: SA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA with Paul Bonza. And Dan Menzel and Men's Tuesday means Sandful Tuesday. We're gonna talk all sample, sample W as well, but our next guest is brought to us by Tire Power, best buys on big brand sale on now. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. From the Woodville West Torrance Footy Club, the Mighty Eagles. It's Joe Signall. Welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA, Joey. Good
0: day, Bonds Dan. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, how's your
3: pre-season been? Are you fighting fit?
0: Yeah, it's been good. It's been a long one, um, a lot longer than we're probably used to over the last few years. But that's probably not a bad thing. So, um, yeah, the boys are the fit. Um, you know, I think everyone says that this time of year, but that's all we've been doing is running and training hard. So uh it's all all going
2: well so far they certainly do choc now thanks for jumping on with us uh vice captain at Wolverhampton Torrens footy club for the previous few years now stepped up into the role of captain so how has that been over the pre-season for you and uh moving forward into 2023
0: yeah thanks dan um yeah look to be honest mate not, not a lot has changed um a whole lot so far uh She's has been pretty pretty good with um, you know you sort of gave us gave us the heads up on the um, on the change. Um, I think it might have been back in late November or start of December. So um, it's given me a lot of time to sort of get my head around it. And um, you know uh, I think the group have sort of settled in that sort of um, <clears throat> with the changes with obviously Tomo uh, stepping down and and me taking the reins. So. Um, yeah, no, it's all going well so far. We haven't played any games, so that that obviously helps, but um uh, looking forward to it. So
2: just moving on from last season, obviously twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two premierships and then twenty uh, sorry, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one bonds were premierships, yes. got ahead of myself there. And in twenty twenty two we missed final. So I guess the question is just the inconsistency with last year, Chuck, how'd you find it?
0: Yeah, I think um you know nailed it there saying the inconsistencies we probably started pretty good last year and then um sorta of hit a bit of a flat patch through the middle and towards the end. So um I mean we've spoken about it as a playing group, Dan, you would know as well, being in the uh especially in the leadership group yourself, but probably the the complacency sorta of crept in a little bit at the footy club last year. It's um you know, when you win a couple of grand finals you can sort of take the foot off a little bit subconsciously and um and then, uh, yeah, obviously results sort of fall away after that. So, um, you know, we've had a pretty big focus this summer just on um, getting back to working hard. Um, obviously, I mentioned we didn't play finals last year, so we've had a quite a long preseason, but it's given us a lot of time to make some change and um, and put some things in place that'll that'll hold hold the footy club in good stead this season.
3: You mentioned the back-to-back premierships. So, there's a couple of memories that uh, stick with you or stay with you from those. Two fantastic wins?
0: Oh, there's, there's plenty. Um, I think, obviously, Jordan Foote's uh, second quarter in the first one was pretty special. And yeah. um, and then 2021 was, was uh, yeah, that was almost the complete game, I think, from a footy club's uh, point of view. Um, I mean, Dan had a fair game himself that day and um, Tyson Stengel was fast and... Um, Obviously, Jack Hayes was a Jack Odie medalist. So, yeah, we had stars all over the park that day. And, um, yeah, it's obviously fun fond memories to look back on.
2: Absolutely. we It was almost a complete game for our team on the day. And you mentioned Stengel and you mentioned Hayes, a couple of guys that uh, have gone on to bigger and better things at AFL. Let's touch on a few of the recruits who've come back from the AFL and uh, where you might expect these guys to line up. There's a lot of hype around Jimmy Rowe. Um Am I going to have him with me in the forward line, shock or do you think he might be spending more time with you uh, in the midfield?
0: Uh, yeah, look, I'd, yeah, I was a Jimmy Rowe back from the Crows. Um, he's just a first, first and foremost, he's just a great person and um, a great, great guy to have back at the footy club. When you lose lose in two years, I, I didn't think we'd see him for a number of years, but um, unfortunately, that's just the ruthless uh, industry the AFL is. So um, Rowe's back is as fit as he's ever been like when he left our footy club on his fitness base compared to where he's at now it's chalk and cheese so um he's in great shape and i think you'll see him majority through the midfield dan with me um and then he might venture forward with you at some stage (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah zane williams back from geelong as well and he's he's another one another great kid so um He'll be uh, he'll be up in that forward line, I reckon, and um, yeah, hopefully giving teams a bit of a nightmare with with uh, him and uh, Max Speedy's another one we've recruited, um, and then obviously Roe will roll through there as well. So we've got some good avenues. I
3: want to ask you about uh, an interstate recruit, Riley Collier Dawkins has joined the club. What's uh, he been like around the club?
0: Yeah, he's been great. He's a he's an awesome awesome guy. He's got um he's obviously come from the Richmond Footy Club, so he's. Uh, he, he brings some great ideas. Um, Richmond's a, obviously an incredible um, organisation as well. So um, he's very mature. Um, he's, a, he's a big boy as well. He's, he's still, I think he's only 22 years of age, but he's a, he's a big 190 centimetre sort of inside midfielder. So um, he's got a bit of a knee issue at the moment, but um, all things going well, he might be back for round one. So uh, yeah, he's been great to have around the
3: club. And there's a ruckman to replace Jared Redden. Um, replace is probably a hard word, but uh, Brinker <laughs> Brinker Richie sounds like a tight end name. Um,
0: but <laughs> what's what's he been like, David? Yeah, he's good. No, he's uh, so he came across uh, probably start of January. Um, we were pumped to be able to get him. Uh, he's is it is a raw talent. He's I think he's only nineteen or twenty. Um, hasn't played a heaps of footy over his career, but um, he's starting to. Starting to train fully now. He's, he's had a few niggles as well, but he's uh, he trained well last night, and he's um, yeah, he's going to be a good good recruiter. I think he's um, you know it's not easy finding Ruckman from anywhere, let alone pulling one over from Victoria. So um, sometimes they take a little bit of time, but David's starting to train well now, and he looks like he's going to be uh, an important player for us for this season and and the future hopefully.
2: It does. Now, enough on the recruits, Choc. I want to ask a little bit about you, and I know Bonds wants to as well. Uh, you played last year in the state game on the halfback flank. What do you – or where do you see your best position? Is it on the halfback flank or is it in the
0: midfield? Oh, that's – yeah, it's a tough question to answer, to be honest. Um, I've probably played – since it's taken up a you know permanent league spot from I think it was 2017, I've probably Split my time between midfield and halfback, so I, I can't really decide for between the two. But um, look, I, as I tell Sheeds every week, wherever wherever I need to be put, I'm happy to play. I think the balance I I do enjoy um, having the flexibility to be able to go back or play on ball. So sort of keeps me a little bit fresher. Sometimes I found uh, playing you know ten or twelve weeks as an inside midfielder, you, you do become banged up and um, little bit sore, so being able to roll to a half back at, at times for a few games or whether it be a season, you do certainly have a lot less knocks at half back. Um and he's a great position to play. So uh yeah, I enjoy the flexibility, but um I can't really split the two, to be honest. Dan mentioned <laughs> really sta- your question.
3: Sorry mate, Dan mentioned the state game. Uh, what was your experience playing in Perth?
0: Yeah, that was awesome. Um yeah, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed getting to know um, obviously players that you, you play against every week, but um, also a lot of the coaches there as well. So, uh, yeah, it was an unreal experience being able to go over to Perth and Dan play as well. and um, You know, just spending a few days away together and picking each other's brains and then just learning a lot and then um, having a few beers together was always enjoyable as well. So, um, yeah, it was a great experience.
3: What about away from the footy club? Uh, what do you do for a crust and uh, or is it just footy?
0: Uh, no, I wish it was just footy, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm just electrician, so uh, yeah, I've been an electrician since I was 17, so um, yeah, nothing too exciting, but um, no, it's enjoyable, it's a good balance between uh, footy and work, I mean I've been doing it uh, most of my life now, so it's uh, it's comfortable, but yeah it's, um, it's, yeah, it's not too bad, nothing too exciting.
3: How many times have you electrocuted yourself?
0: I can't play that on air. Probably, uh, I'll have the fair work commission. Me up for, uh, please explain. Once or twice, maybe. <laughs> yeah, a couple of times. We'll go with a couple.
2: <laughs> good, good. Now, chalk on to the harder questions. Uh, you're new to yeah. NFL fantasy this year. How did chalk Spares go this season? Yeah. Um, I, I, I was,
0: yeah, I was new. Uh, Dan was... Dan was sort of the the benchmark I thought when I first came to this league. Um, so I've, I've walked in with my phone, and then Dan's got like three iPads and four cheats. laptops and um, all this sort of stuff, carry on. But uh, no, I loved it. So I, ne- I never knew anything about NFL, and then went into the draft, and uh, I went alright. I actually was a bit stiff not to make the playoffs because I think you knocked me off by about two points overall. So, um, but no, it was it was enjoyable.
2: No, it was very stiff to miss the playoffs, but uh, you'll be back next year now. Chuck, before we That's let it. you go, I've got some rapid-fire questions to fire away at you, yep. which we've done for every guest. So I just want you to answer the, ask the question, uh, first thing that comes to mind, and uh, we'll fire these through. So f- first one is, who is the player for Eagles fans to watch out for in 2023?
0: Oh, the obvious is Jimmy Robert, but I'm going to say Mitch Hardy. Yes, like that.
2: Um, Who is the benchmark team in the competition outside of your team? North. Who will win the McGarry medal in 2023? James Rowe. A player from another team that you enjoy watching? Uh,
0: Good question i um, will probably have to say Harry Boyd from Norwood, Yes.
2: And uh, last one, favourite ground to play at away from Oval Avenue? Albert and Oval. Good. Albert, I'm not – have right. we had Albert? And... I don't think we have had Albert. We've had That's some good – These uh, had... carpet.
3: Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point, good actually. Surface. Is a yeah. really good Very surface.
2: good surface. Obviously, Adelaide goes all right as well. <laughs> yeah,
3: not <too laughs> Adelaide bad. wasn't bad, is it? <laughs> Joey, uh, <laughs> thanks for your time, mate. Congratulations on the captaincy and wish you all the best for the season. Trial game start this week. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, hopefully we can get those Eagles back into the finals. No worries, guys. Thanks, thanks for the chat. Thanks, Chuck. Joe Signor, captain of the Woodville West Torrens Footy Club. Um, and, obviously, men's... Uh, he will do that role very, very well.
2: Yeah, he will. And he already is. Uh, We talked to him about uh, that he's an electrician. He's a sparky. Um, He's already had a few sessions where he trains, goes to work and does night shift and then will come and train in the morning. So uh, it just exemplifies leadership um, the way he does it. And interesting, he touched on the point there around the complacency, which can subconsciously come in when you've won a couple of flags. I think when you win one flag, and we saw it with Melbourne last year. Yes, Potentially things um, slip through the cracks at times because you've had that success. And so uh, it's a really good point he made. It is really hard when you get to the top to stay at the top. Let's take a closer look at the Woodville West Torrens footy club. Yeah, so we asked Joey about a few of the incoming players and we touched on Jimmy Rowe's return from the Crows after a couple of seasons there. Riley Collier Dawkins across from Richmond will be very handy. Zane Williams um, back from Geelong. David Brinker Ritchie in the ruck, and then a couple others. He mentioned Max Beattie, um, Sladajevic from South Adelaide, and Josh Mawson has come down from Port Douglas with Norman and Tilly to add. So there's a few names. There's definitely a fair turnover. Yep. Um, and if we get onto the turnover, a few of the players that have left the club. Jared Redden has retired. Same with Jared Ormond who's gone to uh, United um, in the Adelaide Plains League. Dylan Clark has returned to Melbourne. Kobe Much to South Adelaide. Mateus Phillip who got drafted to St. Kilda. McLeod went to Glenelg and Alice Almers left as well. So there's a lot of players that have come in and, and obviously a, a fair turnover there as well. All right, what are the uh,
3: strengths of the Eagles?
2: I think uh, with the Grand Finals and the Premierships in uh, seasons 2020 and 2021, the quality and experience that they've got from those Grand Finals and those games, probably the strength with the Eagles. Their top 10 players have played in the big games. They've got a lot of really important experience, and it's that quality that uh, that can absolutely be one of their strengths. The weaknesses. Uh, The weaknesses uh, last year for the Eagles was was probably left to too few, and I think with – a lot of uh, players either leaving to AFL, Jack Hayes and James Cheetahs got picked up. Uh, they, they, they left massive holes. But also there was injuries last year. My brother did his ACL. Connor Ballenden was injured at times. Clay Cameron as well at times. I'm going to miss a few. So what it meant was there was a lot of turnover and a lot of kids came into the team and just didn't have that experience. And so they were thrown into the deep end, which was great for them to get that um, experience. But at times it was left to too few. Who do you think will be the most valuable
3: player at the Eagles this this year?
2: I'll cop a bit of feedback uh, with this one, Bonds, no doubt, with who I say. Look, there's probably two. Riley Knight is the obvious one with how good a season he had last year and how, how good a footballer he is. But I have to go at least equally, if not more, is Connor Ballandon. And... The reason being is Jared Redden is gone. Uh, So Brinker Ritchie hopefully will come in and be a dominant number one ruck. But and what he offers in the ruck and what he offers at centre-half forward, um, so valuable for our team. And uh, he will love the fact that I've put him in there as the MVP. All right, to have
3: a successful year and to get back into the finals, what do the Eagles need to do?
2: Yeah, I think it's uh, those guys that came in last season and played games. Um, Mitch Hardy was spoken about from Joey Sainor. Um, you've got plenty of other guys that came in down back in Stutton, in Maxi Lister. Um, these sort of guys that have come in and played your 10 to 30 games, if they can keep improving like they did towards the back end in last year, I think that um, it will allow the class, it will allow the better players, the Raleigh Knights, to go about their business but have that next layer come in behind and really add to that class of this team. So... On that, Bonds, uh, seventh last year the Woodverse Toronto 20 Club finished. Where do you see them finishing in season 2023? I think they're a top four side.
3: I think the additions of Roe, Collier Dawkins, Zane Williams uh, back into the side. Um, the, the one question mark I have is the ruck. Yep. And, and we'll find out you know, in the coming weeks if that's been filled. But I think it's a stronger all-round team with the additions that, uh, that's been added to the lineup.
2: It is amazing when you get uh, just two or three AFL players back from AFL, the difference they can make to a team. And uh, we might see that with a few other teams with South Adelaide having that. Um, glennell has got Turner back there. North's got uh, Mays go there. So it definitely will make a difference, like you said, mentioning those guys in terms of Jimmy Rhodes and Williams and Riley collier Dawkins.
3: And interesting that Joe Sinal mentioned Mitch Hardy because you mentioned uh, mitch hardy his preseason, season he's airborne. To off off air uh, a couple of nights ago yep. so
2: um yeah airborne he is going well so um Fine. hopefully he had a good year last year and he built on the year before and i feel like his trajectory is heading in a really nice direction so uh, it will be interesting to see how he goes this year
3: all right lost in the wash and we're going to stay with the sample theme uh, all thanks to toolkit depot new year means new gear at toolkit depot Toolkit Depot is your one-stop shop to get back on the tools.
0: Sports Day SA. It's my life. now On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA.
3: It's a summer edition of Sports Day SA with Paul Bonser and Dan Menzel. Now, men's, we've got trial games coming up uh, for the sample this weekend. The first lot of trial games over the next three to four weeks. We'll have uh, a few more. So... Friday night they start at the Theby Oval, the magnificent Theby. Uh, Glen- magnificent. Yeah, Glenel playing Sturt at 7.30 on Friday night. That'll be a good clash. it
2: will be a great hit out. Um, Glenell with Brett Turner coming back there. They've got um, James Bell from Sydney who I play with. Really looking forward to seeing how he goes. And then Sturt's obviously recruited a few as well, McFadden um, from the Lions there. So there's a few names will be interesting in watching, and there'll definitely be plenty of people there that um, will be interested to see how those two teams go this year.
3: Central's play Norwood at Highson Stadium at uh, quarter to one on Saturday.
2: Yeah, playing at West Adelaide. That's interesting. Yeah, um, that it's uh,
3: about – West. There's no cricket played at Heysen, so yep. that's why it's always used for footy.
2: Yeah, look, I mean, Central's got uh, a lot of players come to the club this year, so I'm sure a lot of them will be rolled out this weekend and we'll be given a crack to see how they go and see what their round one lineup looks like.
3: South play West, west at Flinders University Stadium, 1.30 on Saturday.
2: Yeah, it's, it'll be the first game that, uh, although not for points, but that uh, Adam Hartlett has coached, and so it'll be very interesting to see how West Adelaide go. and. South's got a lot of recruits, which we touched on um, about four weeks ago when we had Sam Skinner on the show, that uh, he's one that's come back. They've got a lot of interesting players for this season. Yeah, and good luck to Adam Hartlett. Uh, He's a great man. And
3: uh, you blokes, or should I say our blokes, uh, Eagles (laughs) take on North at Theby Oval at 12.30 on Saturday.
2: Yeah, again, really interesting to see North Adelaide. Uh, We touched on Jesse White and Sam Mays when we spoke with Aaron Young um, earlier. In the summer and uh, they'll be they'll be good again. I think they've been picked as the benchmark team uh, the most out of any of the players we've had on. So that'll be tough. It'll be interesting to see what team they roll out and the same with the Eagles as well. Um, I'm not exactly sure who's going to be playing. I'm not sure if I'll be having to run around. Well, that's my next question. Are you going to be playing on Saturday? I think I am, but uh, right. I have to see what happens at training tomorrow night and right. see, if, um, see if the coach wants me to. But, uh, if you kick six in the first half, then do you have a rest? Uh, <laughs> probably not because I don't think I'll play all three, to be honest, yeah. once Um That's fair. So, and I don't think I'll kick six in the first half either. But I think that, yeah, everyone's preparation will be a bit different. Most guys will put their hand up and want to play every game. But um, I think a few senior players, and I guess I'm probably in that category now, will probably play one, two, or maybe three. Well, first game last
3: year um, at Maunty and Oval, you kicked six at one end. Keenan Ramsey kicked six at the other So if the... So if the uh, trial game's anything like that game, uh, it'll be an absolute cracker. Um, let's have a look at sample W games this weekend. We'll touch on those as well. There is three games on Saturday, one on Sunday. Firstly, Norwood and Central's at ex-convenience oval. It's a double header out there. and So they start at 12 o'clock the first game.
2: Yeah, they do. And so Norwood uh, yet to get a win. So they have looked very good so far, the Red Legs. However... They lost uh, in round one in that high-scoring affair to North Adelaide by two points, and then South knocked them off by five points on the weekend. So they've been in both games, and so they desperately need that first win, uh, whereas Central's got blown off the park a little bit last week against – Surprising, Stur- wasn't it? it we was. we thought the doggies would go okay. Really was. Mm. So um, it's uh, it's going to be a very good clash. Uh, I'm going to back Norwood in to win there first. I think they've been stiff to not have a win on the board at this stage. Uh, I'll go with you.
3: Uh, North and the Eagles set ex-convenience able to – 10 past 2.
2: Yeah, look, North uh, a little blemish last week in uh, going down to West Adelaide by 11 points. The Eagles went down to Glenelg by 8 points. So North Adelaide at 1-1, one one, just inside the four. The Eagles yet to win a game. So a really important game for the Eagles. I think that North's going to be hard to beat, though.
3: South play West at Flinders University Stadium at
2: 6pm. This I like this time slot. This is a cracker, Bonds. This is the two undefeated teams in the Sanford Women's Competition uh, and probably to some a surprise that these are the two undefeated teams. South Adelaide's look very solid, especially in defence. They, they've... Actually, here's some numbers for you. Three goals, five. They kicked in both games to win both games. And they've conceded one goal, nine and three goals. So they've been really solid. And uh, West Adelaide for mine have been the best team in the competition through the first two rounds. They kept Glenelg to nine points in round one and then knocked off North Adelaide, yes. the uh, premier prem, premiers from last year and the premiership favourites of this year on the weekend. So I think they're going to keep rolling, West Adelaide, and I think they'll win this one. And on Sunday, Sturt played Glenelg at Thebitt Noble, 12pm. Yeah, again, Glenelg got their first win of the season last weekend, as did Sturt. Sturt looked ultra impressive, which we touched on against Central, so I think Sturt will uh, continue rolling here.
3: I think you're right. Um, I just want to play some audio from Alistair Clarkson today.
0: You'd think with the experience that you that you would, and I'd, I'd like to be able to say I, I'd continue to learn my lessons, but... This, this has been with me ever since I was a kid. If I see something unjust or untoward, I'll defend. And I saw something that was unjust and untoward and I felt like I needed to defend our players and our staff. And I can't give a guarantee that I won't do that again in the future. It's a weakness in how it's perceived outside the football club that I've lost control. I haven't really lost control, though, because I was doing what I thought was in the best interest of the club.
3: He was asked if he had lost control when he had a go at the reporter. This is what I love about Alistair Clarkson. You can't get any more honest than that. Mm. And he said, no no guarantees I won't do it again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna,
3: I'm gonna to stick up for my team. If I, th- if I see something wrong, I'm going to have something to say about it.
2: We talk about uh, athletes that walk on the edge when it comes to performance and sometimes cross the line. Alistair Clarkson's a great example of that. Um Sometimes you question what he says, but you know that he's got the best interests of his players and his team at heart. And he's one of those ones that you'd love to play for, but you don't necessarily have the same opinion of him if you're against him. And, um, yeah, he was extremely honest in that, uh, in that uh, point there. Incredible. Uh, look, we're
3: running out of time, but before we go, the Matildas are going to play France in Melbourne as a warm-up to the World Cup July 14. Uh, great to have France, the number five team
2: in the world at Marble Stadium. Yeah, and the Matildas have just come off the three wins as well in in that little tournament there. So we're in some really good form. So uh, it's exciting. It's great for soccer and it's great for Australia to have that, uh, to have the tournament here.
3: No big show, men's uh, Tomorrow, Jade Rawlings will be with us and you'll be back on Thursday. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been the summer edition of Sports Day SA. And don't forget to listen to the podcast. If you missed anything on the show, just go to where you get your podcast and search for Sports Day SA. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.